We are the Man in the Cannon podcast, and we are bringing you the CBJ forecast. You never know what we're talking about, but we're the best fucking podcast around. The CBJ news and unprofessional views will certainly satisfy your Blue Jackets podcast fix. Yeah! Welcome back to the show, everybody. Man in the Cannon, the boys are here. Tour behind the boards for this one. And I'd like to welcome in my friends, as always, Mr. Locon. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Tour behind the boards. I appreciate you very much. And let's hear it, Mr. Locon. Give, give it to him. It's give a warm a round weeks. of applause for our buddy Frank. He's back. Yes. Uh, back in the building, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Let's go. Glad to have you, Frank. We, mm. got, we got another episode. What's on the slate for today, uh, Tour? We, hey, we're two games in. The boys are buzzing. You, you love to see it. You love to the see it. The buzz is, is loud. It's so loud. You can, buzzing. you can hear it throughout the league. They, they know that we have come to play this year. Yep. And I think it love was... It. Very obvious. Night one, last Thursday, you were there. I was there. Break it down for us. Well, man, uh, man in the cannon crew, glad to have you back. Thanks for joining in again, everybody. But, man, what an atmosphere that was on Thursday night, right? What a game. What an atmosphere. It was just nice to see the boys come out with some buzz and some pep in their step. They were playing the game at a nice pace, you know. Uh, What an atmosphere. The fifth line showed up in a big way. And, of course, I'm, I'm sure you've all seen the highlights, but we routed the Arizona Coyotes 8-2. to uh, Then we kind of we, we followed up again uh, Saturday night. We played Seattle and down them 2-1 to in overtime. So a couple things to go over here from those games. We'll talk about the games coming up this week, and we're going to de- dive a little bit more in-depth this week talking some basic DraftKings strategy because we're going to talk a little bit more about fantasy hockey this year. Uh, on the podcast because we are some fantasy hockey fanatics and we got our own league going and we got our contest going every week so uh, make sure you pay attention to the twitter feed we're going to be tweeting out our uh you know our our contests our showdowns our classic lineups so make sure you get in, involved in those they're a lot of fun we're going to talk basic uh dk strategy so all right let's dive into it first things first boys if i'm a blue jackets fan the first thing i want to talk about is opening night Let's do a quick recap and talk about some of the interesting things that we saw from that game. First thing I noticed, obviously, and it's just it's so great, is just it was the atmosphere. Yeah, being right? in the arena again. Just being in the arena with a full arena, all the fans in there. It was loud. It was noisy. It was fantastic. And the Jackets start things off in such a such a memorable way. They had Matisse Kivlenix's family there all the way from Latvia. Um and, man, what an emotional ceremonial puck drop that was. They had Matisse Kivlenix's mother drop the, the first puck. And I would just like to mention how I think that that is one of the most courageous and strong-minded things I've ever seen. Absolutely. Because can you, ima- can you imagine, dude, like no. losing your son in a tragic accident? And young, then young guy, too. Yeah. yeah. And then flying across the country to drop the puck for that team. Like, I'm sure she had a lot of emotions running through her head that day. And, and his whole family, of course. But, man, what a, what a wonderful way to start things off. We, we raised Corpy's number to the banner or to the rafters uh, Thursday Kiv night. Lennox, so, yeah, or Kiv Lennox. Lennox, I'm sorry. We raised Kiv Lennox's number to the rafters. And 
you know, so we'll be honoring him all year and um, what a great way to kind of start things off. It's nice I'm, to see too uh, when they kind of did the video shoot that players from you know both teams they skated back to watch the whole thing. You know, yeah, it was just I mean very emotional, but um, yeah, well, our hearts still go out to him and his family. Absolutely, and I think that gave the Jackets some juice, you know, because uh, man, uh, forty seconds in the game, Texier tips one in from Domi, and we're off to the races. We're we're starting already, right? 40 seconds in, the place just goes ape shit. Yeah. It was awesome. And then Bjorkstrand on the power play to make it 2 nothing. Early in the second, Jenner tips one in, and we're up we're up 3 nothing. like one minute Blink into of the, the eye, third, yeah. second period. And I'm starting to think, I'm like, dude, like, wow, these guys are zipping on in the offensive zone. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about. One of the major things, first off, is I thought, looking at that game the other night, the opening night game, I was – Pleasantly surprised, to be quite honest with you, how much chemistry and how much um, energy they brought to the offensive zone. They seemed to know a lot about where they want to pass the puck, where to be, and they were taking some excellent shots. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Am I crazy here? Do I need to, like, pump the brakes a little bit? Or what's going on with this team offensively right now? No, and, I mean, I think you and I talked about this a little bit after the game. Um they just seemed to be relaxed out there and almost it, it gave me a sense of all of them were just having fun and just letting their skills kind of be shown on the ice. And they weren't too worried if they made a bad pass or a bad play. They just kept firing, 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 and the results obviously came. Yeah, I mean, we've we've watched this team enough where when we've seen them on the ice and each line looked like they didn't know where they wanted to be, they didn't know how to enter the zone, anything like that. We've seen that poor play before, and it, it's just, there was just something else about that opening night game where you're like, these guys know where they need to be, when they need to be there, mm-hmm. and it just ex- – they executed it with perfection. And with an exclamation mark too, man. I mean, eight goals, my God. But, you know, after the game, uh, the next day I was talking to you, Frank. I was talking to, to, to Frank. I was talking to a couple of my other buddies individually, and, you know – I had kind of I brought up the game and we were all talking about it and all three of you mentioned to me, right? One of the biggest things that I remember you guys all saying together, yeah. and this is coming from different fans, right? Like Frank's obviously a diehard, follows every game, but I was talking to a couple other guys who are more of you know some casual fans, but all three of you guys said the same thing. Those guys looked like they were having fun together out there, right? And then off the pod, just before we started recording, we were kind of talking about it, and you you brought it up. You're like, it's not necessarily a knock on torts, more of a compliment to maybe what Brad Larson has done in camp and kind of start the way that he started his tenure off in Columbus. These guys just looked like they were, you know, ready to play. They were ready to come out and finally – uh, show these guys, show show the league that they can still play hockey. Yeah, yeah. Right? it looked the like they were enjoying actually being on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everybody in the league's been writing them off ever since we traded Felino, Savard, Atkinson, the horrible things with Kiv Lennox. It's safe to say, that, and the Seth Jones, right? It's mm-hmm. safe to say the Jackets had a pretty rough summer. Yeah. So yeah. the league's writing no them off. No expectations. Yeah, no, absolutely yeah. none. I mean, we come out and smack the shit out of Arizona 8-2, to so... I think the boys rallied a little bit about that and kind of were trying. Yeah, they're on ready, the shoulder, yeah. Chip on know. the shoulder, ready to prove a few guys wrong. So, but man, and then uh, yeah, we go up three nothing, and then 
uh, Strawman, Strawman throws one in to make it 3-1. Yeah. And another one of the things that you've mentioned to me that I think is important is one of the things that we noticed at that moment is there was no panic in that team whatsoever when Strawman throws one in to go 3-1. And then it was 3-1 for a little bit of for that a while, second and period. They were, they were cycling the puck pretty good in our own zone, and um, uh, Elvis comes up with some huge saves. You know, we kind of struggled clearing the puck at times, but like you said, we didn't panic. We kind of stayed stayed the course and then finally put another one in to go up 4-1 to one. because how many times in the past have we seen, you know, up 3-1, two-goal lead, even Uh-oh. four one, you know, you're you know even like, if yeah. you're up three, <laughs> yeah, even yeah. if we're up three goals, I'm still like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, here, here it is. See, we'll see somebody throw the, one in. We're like, well, here we go. Score in hockey. But yeah, you yep. know, they really um, kind of stepped on their throats quite a bit and kind of put it, yeah, you know, out of reach. And then Warensky on the power play, you know, in the third period, um, that and that's the second power play goal of the night. We're two for three on the power play so far this year. Um, Let's talk about the power play real quick. We, we kind of talked about it in our last podcast a little bit, but we've kind of got we've kind of seen a little bit of it in action now in a regular season. And I want to talk about just how fluid and how much chemistry these guys are kind of showing on the power play, and specifically with the setup that we kind of have. We have Wierenski at the top running it, and then we have Lyonne on the left, Bjorkstrand in the middle, and Voracek on the right. And then I think they're rotating a few guys in, but mainly Jenner, like down low in front of the net. Yeah. But man, oh man, does the power play look good? Now it's only been three times in the regular season, okay? So I'm not gonna, I'm trying to pump the brakes a little bit here, but uh, you know, at 66.6 percent, the Blue Jackets have the best power play in the NHL right now. So yeah. Like, yeah, I'm gonna talk about it all I can while I have the chance. <laughs> yeah, we want to make a point of that while we yeah. still can. Yeah, it was, absolutely. It was funny. I I do remember. So we we go on the the first power play. I mean, pretty early, I think in the first period um in the first one i'm like oh yes like i can't wait to see this and we laid an egg like i think we yeah. got maybe one shot so i'm like uh oh what just happened and then you know the next the next two we just i mean turned a switch or something and just i mean well that their first our first power play goal was that tip in from bjorkstrand yeah but it was that pass from Warensky, bro so <laughs> he passed it from the point I mean, right onto Bjorkstrand's stick, and Bjorkstrand almost didn't even have to the do it. The Blue Jackets can pass the puck? What? I know, right? What, what is happening? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, it's Voracek. Voracek, yeah. It's Voracek. The addition of Jake Voracek on that right side has been astronomical. to Astronomically different from what we've seen last year with he is him so good. and Cam Atkinson. How did we – I mean, we got Dude, Cam. Dude, Yarmo's a fucking – Yarmo for president, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know how he so. swings these one-for-one deals. Because he's got, let's go over some of these one for one deals that Yarmo has done in the past. Okay, let's just recap a couple of them. So we got the first one that is still my all time favorite <laughs> yes. is RJ Umberger for Scott Hartnell, straight up <laughs> with Philadelphia. Yeah. And Scott Hartnell turned out to be such an amazing blue jacket. And it was, it was right when RJ Umberger was, he just fell off the face of the earth, dude. It was, it was the year right after that game where we beat Pittsburgh. You know, the, the classic Felino overtime okay, winner. Yeah, yeah. What a trade. How about uh, the Artemi Panarin trade? Yeah, well, I mean, Brandon Saad for Artemi Panarin. <laughs> yeah. My God. And now we're, now we're throwing in Cam Atkinson for Jake Voracek in a one-to-one trade. And you just have to love what this, is, what this has happened so far. I mean, Voracek's been a good addition. He's taken some dumb penalties early. 
and I think he'll he'll get he'll get coached about that. So hopefully he he eliminates that shit a little bit. But but man, power play looks good. Yeah, it does. He can control the puck, pass the puck. Finally, someone that can you know really dish it to line A, give him some chances on the one timer, and mm-hmm. um, we haven't really seen too much of those connect, but uh, it's coming. Yeah, it'll come. Third period, I want to talk real quick about Domi's goal that he threw in because of the play that Cole Sillinger made to get the puck in the zone. There was I forget who it was. I think it was uh, – I forget who tipped the puck, but it kind of goes up in the air. Puck's floating up in the air right, right at, like, Cole Sillinger's head level. Mm-hmm. And he's skating, like, just over the red line, knocks the puck down out of the air with his stick right in front of him kind of brings it barely over the blue line, and as soon as he brings it over the blue line, he's got a man right in front of him. He just lets go of the puck and le- lets it like fall right behind him and kind of like checks the guy in front of him because he it's knows like Domi. Almost, yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a pick because he knows Domi's coming right behind him. So he just leaves the puck right over the blue line. Domi comes right into the middle of the ice, right in the high slot, puts it, puts it right in. What a fucking play by Sillinger. This kid has impressed me. To no end so far. He's had some excellent looks, and he's played a couple of really good hockey games in the NHL. So, and he looks pretty good in the faceoff circle. He's he he does. Uh, you know, let's so some faceoffs we had. We we're actually fifty five percent on faceoffs on Thursday. So, we've actually won some faceoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. So, hats off to the way Cole Sillinger's been playing so far. The yeah. kid's been a stud. Looks like so. he belongs definitely. I think the star of the night to me, obviously, I'm a. You guys know it. I'm a fucking goalie guy, but Elvis was fucking oh, brick man. wall, dude. Yeah, standing on his head a few times too. Great he, save. He had like three or four saves where you're just like, whoa, right? Like where you're like, what the? How did yeah. he save that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There was a couple sequences too where it was just like um, he would make uh, like a pad save, a rebound, and then you know slide all the way. Across so, the yeah, and then come back and over. Just come back, and it's just like, man, he. He's an athlete back there. He's yeah. an athlete. He's got those saves. But he, what also, man, he was he was sound fundamentally. You know, he was sound in positionally in the right position a lot of the time. And he's a tall guy. So even when he's down in the butterfly, he takes up a lot of the net. So him being in the right position is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he played very well Thursday night. I mean, he had like 45 saves yeah. or something stupid like yeah. that. It was like, <laughs> but that brings me to my, my next point about that game. And it's kind of going into uh, Brad Larson's comments post game, because you know after the game, after an eight to two route, right, he comes up and he's like, "I didn't think we played that good." And you kind of look at some of the stats from that game, and he's got a point. I mean, the expected goals for the shots, the shot attempts, all of the all of the statistics that tell you um, maybe the majority of the the time how a hockey game is going to go. Did not go. Did not go Columbus's way Thursday night. Mm-hmm. All of the stats were for Arizona. So that goes to show you, in my opinion, how strong and how well Elvis played. I mean, he's stopping. He's stopping goals that Arizona should have had. Yeah. yeah. So I, mean, I, I know we'll kind of touch on this yeah, probably just in a second, but kind of getting to the defense, we did have a lot of lulls where they were. I mean, Arizona, uh, granted, you know, you know, picked it up a little bit towards the second, like especially in the second period more than, you know, the first and the third. But there were some times where we just couldn't get the puck out of the zone. We're making dumb passes behind our goal. It's getting picked off. And, I mean, there was a couple times where I swear it was, you know, three minutes yeah. <laughs> in our own zone. Yeah. yeah, there were definitely some times where 
some things that were pretty evident and pretty obvious, in my opinion, that needed to be cleaned up. And I think you could try to do some of it with some personnel changes. As I had mentioned to you after that game, our third pairing looked awful. Mm-hmm. You know, that was with Kukin and Peak. And so what do we see Thursday night? Well, we saw Scott Harrington draw into the lineup, and Dean Kukin was scratched. So, And quite honestly, as a direct result of that, we saw an, a better performance from our third pairing, and we saw a better defensive uh, showing overall, on, yeah. on Saturday night. So overall, I thought they looked great in the offensive zone. I think they still need to shore up a lot of things in the defensive zone and even through the neutral zone. Um, but, man, what a game Thursday was. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Chinikov didn't draw into the lineup that night. Uh, and as a result, actually, right after that game, we sent him to Cleveland where he did make his professional debut, got himself a nice goal uh, you know, in his first game, first pro game yeah. in North America, and he gets himself a goal and a win for Cleveland. So – what do we do? Uh, we call him right back up. Yeah. So he's back. Do you think he's going to draw into the lineup this week? I mean, well, I what think, do you think? Uh, there's a chance. I think it depends a little bit on on Domi's uh, health. I know he's technically on the IR for maybe the beginning of this week, so maybe he suits up tomorrow, or maybe they just don't push it and let him rest for the rest of the week. But I think um, that would be a big deciding factor. But it would be it would be great to see. Uh, See him get some playing time. Yeah, because I could see him. I could see him getting called up and down, you know, and sent back down, maybe a few a few times this year, just to make sure he's playing. Because we could always scratch Grigory Hoffman also, That's true. and maybe throw in Chinikov into the lineup as well if Domi's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, Domi looked good the first game. Yeah, and that's the thing is, if you do that, you got to put Domi at center. So it's going to be interesting to see it. We'll see what they do with this because if Domi's out. And you have Hoffman as well. Um, I think you really do have a chance for Chinikov to play on the right side. Yeah. So if you're right, if it depends on Domi and how he's going to play or not this week, but yeah, I think we could see Chinikov's debut uh, as a Blue Jacket, and well, that would be fucking exciting. Absolutely. I mean, see these see these young guys get in there, dude. I'm excited. I'm so excited for too. Chinikov. Yeah, he's big, big dude. Russian. We've been seeing him at camp. We've been over there watching him a few times. He's yeah. big. He's fast. And he's got that shot. Mm-hmm. They also had him run in the second power play unit today, or, or on the second power play unit. And what were the lines today? They had Texier um, on the left, Sillinger on the right, and Chinikov, Chinikov. on or Texier yeah. in the middle and yeah. Chinikov, Chinikov on the right, on the yeah. third line. Right? Yep. So maybe we'll see that tomorrow night against Detroit. I'm really looking forward to that line. It would be a hell of a lot of fun to see Sillinger and Chinikov get a run at it. Mm-hmm. And that that's something real quick I just want to touch on is I think they're already – kind of moving, hopefully, in my opinion, starting to move away at least a little bit from this Texier in the middle kind of thing. Let Texier be on the wing and put some of these traditional centermen down the middle of the ice like Grigory Hoffman, right? Uh, maybe, um, uh, oh, what was I, who was I just talking about? Oh, Cylinder? Sean, Cur- yeah, oh. Cole Sillinger. Yeah. yeah, Cole Sillinger. You could even put Sean Corrali yeah. in there, right? Let, let, uh, Texier be on the wing. I think yeah, that's where he belongs. He's just he's not really developing that well in the center, especially. I mean, sometimes when we put him in the faceoff circle, I mean, it's like maybe one out of eight times he wins it. He had that goal. He had the tip in goal, the first goal of the year, right? Um, but after that, man, I, I've, I've thought he's been pretty pretty absent, quite honestly. So, 
So, moving on to the the Saturday night game against the Kraken real quick. Yeah. Um, so, as we mentioned, Kukin was scratched for Harrington. I thought that was a great addition. The defense looked a lot better. Um, fuck Brandon Tanev. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Fucking Pittsburgh guy, former Pittsburgh guy. But did you notice he scored that goal in the first period? Don't get me wrong. It was a fantastic goal. But, man, right after that goal, he just looks right into the crowd, right through the glass at, like, a bunch of fans, and he's just staring the, the fans down, dude. Just giving him the fucking dirty look and looking right at us. And I just wanted somebody to jump up on the fucking glass. Like the Bears, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. <laughs> Flip him yeah. off. Tell somebody on – get somebody on camera, like, where right. you can physically just see physi- them, yes. like, being like, fuck you, yeah. man. <laughs> God, what a dick. Just lay it on his ass. But I think Elvis stole that game again. Or didn't steal the game, but he was another big star of that show. He played really well again. Lights I mean, out, man. A lot of a lot of tough saves he made, and it really kept us in the game. Um, you know, our offense we uh, we were we were getting good looks. Uh, Grubauer is a tough goalie to go against. He he played really really well. Um, and he's but, big. Yeah, he's a huge dude. I mean, takes I up a lot of net, man. Yeah, I don't know his exact. You know, height and weight, but right. just, he looks like a lineman in there. So it's really hard to get it past him. And I mean, a couple of times I'm like, "How are we gonna get the? How are we gonna get it in?" And um, you know, ultimately we just we just kept working, and we finally get one. And I think it was like the upper right corner, right above his shoulder, yep. and just goes right past him. And it's a tie yeah, game over his right shoulder. Yeah. yeah, Eric Robinson comes in on the right Happy side. Happy to though. see him get one, man. Good for him, man. I hope that gives him some fucking energy, dude. Some and confidence. Yeah, or some confidence. Like biggest. That's probably his biggest thing is see the puck go in. He's gonna need some confidence. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a hard, hard goalie to get one past. You know, but, one thing I want to touch on real quick is, you know, who's not been in the lineup the past two games? Who would that be? Emil Bemstrom. Oh yeah, that's, you know he's, he had that like oblique tear or whatever happened. I think you know, he's still on the IR. Yeah, he's out yeah, like right? four weeks, dude. You know. Did he play opening night or no? No, remember like right before the game oh, yeah, started, it was like warmups or something. Yeah, yeah. No, it was like the it was like the practice, the practice like the day before. Yeah. Like somebody they they tweeted it out like yeah. the day before or the right before the game started that Bemstrom was going to be out for four like, weeks not again. But dude, like they've looked good without him. I'm sorry. I just this this podcast is going to from from my per- personal perspective, the podcast this year. There's going to be a a a series of trends, in my opinion. One of them is if Emil, if Emil Bemstrom doesn't score 20 goals this season, I'm fucking over him. Get, mm-hmm. get, get him, send him somewhere else. And the other one is Elvis Merz-Lincolns is going to win the Vesda. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> off to a good start. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. It's like, man, that kid's off to – it's like one thing I wanted to talk about is Elvis is playing that this, this – like he's got – Matisse Kivlenic's like looking down on him, dude. Like he's playing like that. And Elvis is a very spiritual kind oh, of yeah. guy. You know, yeah. he talks about that kind of stuff all the time. He's playing this season for, for his friend Matisse Kivlenic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. He, and he is playing lights fucking out. And you're going to hear it here all fucking season. If he keeps playing like this every single episode, I'm going to be screaming for an Elvis Merzlikens Vesna trophy. So I'm going to start it right here. We're going to speak it into existence. Yes. And we're going to be light tweeting about candles. it constantly. Yeah. Light the candles. <laughs> get mean, your voodoo dolls out. Get your out. rocks out. Yeah. Get your spirit. And, uh, call to, your girlfriend. Tell your girlfriend to get to her spirit point, rocks out. Uh, Mr. Locon, you know, a thing we were talking about before opening night, you know, obviously the emotional Kibbs Lennox 
um, tribute and Elvis wearing his jersey and the banner rays and things like that. Like we almost were like, man, is, is Elvis going to be too emotional? Was he kind of just kind of lose focus? But like, I mean, it was the complete opposite to your point. I mean, he's playing with like, I mean, Kivlenica's right behind him and yeah. go with him. Laser, so, laser it. focused. Laser. <laughs> Blazer. <Yeah>. Laser. <laughs> Taser. <laughs> and Inga Gongrangovic. <laughs> Gregory Hoffman made his debut also, played 12 minutes the other night. Plus one with one assist, one shot, and one hit. So, you know, he's a he's a big centerman. He's getting some time. He didn't take any face-offs, I don't think. But uh, played pretty well. We'll see how he turns out the rest of the the rest of the season. But Line A's overtime winner, bro. Line A had some chances Saturday night, and I think he was I – I wouldn't say frustrated, but, you know, if this team's going to be any good, Line A needs to score some goals. Yeah, he's got to be on it. At least 30, and you know, at least yeah. 30 goals. Oh, yeah. And he knows it. Everybody knows it. You know, the team knows it. The coach knows it. And here we go in overtime, and Orensky's coming up the ice – and I told you as we, you know, after the game, I was like, I was kind of scared that he wasn't going to give Line gonna, A the puck. Just keep going because he waited, yeah. man, right till the right till he got to the blue line, and he gave it to Line A right at the right at the perfect moment to that caught him with some speed coming in the zone, just and Line A puts it right right shot. under that glove. What a great shot! What a great reaction from Line A. You know, he was excited. He jumped. Immediately jumps into the boards like all the boys come give him a hug. I was, I was glad to see that. I feel like everything, all of the goals and everything that has happened has been good for this team's morale. Absolutely, like Eric Robinson getting a goal. You know, Jake Voracek getting his first point in the first game. You know, on the on we've had two power play goals when our power play has been absolutely atrocious. Bjorky already do a hard, hot start. Bjorky going off on in the first fucking game on his way to a fucking all-star, you know, selection. Patrick Line getting the overtime winner when we needed him to. Everything that has happened. So, and Merzlikens being a fucking brick wall and an acrobatic goalie like he is, right? Mm-hmm. So just everything that's happened so far has been something that's going to help, I think, give this team some juice. It's not like we're out there seeing, like, Sean Corrali scoring goals like we need every our stars have our been there to shown up. Yeah. yeah. Wierenski's off to an all star show already. Looks dude. Pretty good too. Jenner's a fucking stud. So man. Where did that see? Yeah. Good for him man. So Wierenski looks like an all star dude. He looks so he good. He just he's so good on the power plays. He's, he's like Take that rover dude. Yeah. He's bringing the puck up the ice. He's getting in on the forecheck and he's got a hell of a wicked wrister dude on that power play. He stand. He can stand up at the top, and if there's any room, right, even short side. I mean, that's where his power play goal came from. Mm-hmm. It came short side on Carter Hunting on the power play. So, just what a fantastic, fantastic start for the Jackets. And we got some big ones coming up this week. So we got Detroit tomorrow. We got the Islanders on Thursday, and then the Hurricanes on Saturday. So a nice schedule. You know, three games with a day, with a day in between each game, but. We're going to get our first look at Detroit. They've actually been playing some some they're decent hockey, too, dude. Yeah, they're they, a young they can team. Score the, they can score, definitely. So they put up six test. on Tampa. You yeah. Know? I mean, hey, they lost the game, but they put up six. Uh, Bertuzzi had four goals that game. I forget what else they've done, but they can score. 
And it seems like w- they always give us a run for our money. Yeah, it's, so. it's never an easy game against Detroit, and especially up at, up at their place. It's a tough place to play. So Then we'll some, some big ones here, man. The, divisions, the, the, the divisional games start right off. Right, we got the Islanders and Hurricanes, so those are four-point games. Um, the Islanders are going to be good this year. There's no getting yeah, around it. Stanley Cup favorite for sure. Yep. So a big fucking game this week, and I'm I'm already jacked. Like I'm I'm ready to fucking jump out of this Car- seat. Do we have right Carolina now. as well. Carolina on yeah. Saturday, another another got to be one of the other favorites to win this division. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see how they are in goal though, because they got rid of Nedeljkovic. Nedeljkovic has gone to Detroit. Right, they have who do they, who do they have in goal now? I think they have Freddie Anderson from Toronto last year, right? Because they also got rid of Peter Mrazek. They sent him to Toronto, so I don't know how they're going to be in goal. And they lost Dougie Hamilton on the on defense. So we'll see how Carolina is going to be, but I'll be, I still think they're going to be a tough team to go against. But this brings my next question yeah, up. Yeah, Anderson two and zero to start the year. Yep. So my next question to you, Frank Tour. Because we got to bring this up, it's got it's going to start to talk about this. When does Corpusalo play his first game? When you see a slack in Elvis. See, here's my argument to that, and because I agree, I'm not going to sit Elvis until. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I I still think it should continue on with you play the high end. But here's my here's my argument against it. Why not throw him in tomorrow night against Detroit at Detroit non divisional game? Get him in there, give him a game, and then we can have Elvis back for the. For the Islanders and for the Hurricanes, like, Thursday and Saturday. I like that. Get Corpusalo a game, you know, in between these, and that'll be that'll be Merzlikens playing four games, four out of five games, yeah. And Corpusalo with one. I think that's a great little mix here to kind of start things off mm-hmm. because we have Corpusalo too. Don't get me wrong; the kid's another fantastic goalie. We want to we want to play him. We don't want Elvis to go out there and have to play. 60 games a year or 60 games this year you know mm-hmm. you know we, we want to get some mix in here because because there is no doubt that the more you play your goalie the more likely they are for to have some injuries yeah, yeah. so Corpusalo's got to get in here a little bit here yeah. coming up and you don't want him to be on like a game six of a stretch and it be a divisional opponent and you know a tough game must win kind of game and you know that has implications and stuff like that you know yep yeah, you want it to be healthy for stuff like that yeah it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do i mean i, I definitely agree get corpy in one of these games this week i honestly i don't know if it'll be tomorrow night or not i mean elvis two days off again well i mean I, I don't know what I don't know what they're gonna do. It's but. gonna be interesting, but I do I do think he's gonna see some time this week. Um, in my opinion, I would throw him in. You know, tomorrow night against yeah, Detroit. Yeah, if we're gonna pick any game this week, I think it should be tomorrow against Detroit. I agree. Yep, but we'll see how it goes. Kind of interesting. So the next segment we got, we're gonna talk some basic DraftKings strategy for drafting a classic lineup yeah. in an NHL contests. Because we've started our own league and we've kind of got some, you know, we've got some experience doing this stuff now, at least a little bit. Uh, but let's talk about some of the guys who've been hot. Who are you always, who are you always playing, right? If there's a game on and he's playing, who are you picking, no matter what? And give me some of the basic strategy that goes into how am I drafting these lineups, right? Tour started off. How you how you been doing this, man? So uh, a lot because I play, I play DraftKings every single day. You know, it, it, at least as long as there's big a DraftKings guy, big DK guy, um, especially also leading our uh, fantasy hockey, yeah, doing very well, kicking <laughs> kicking everybody's ass yeah. at the moment. So yeah. Listen to tour. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, 
at least for me, when it comes to NHL, um, I, the basic strategy that I take, um, just the bread and butter of it is you want to attack the highest total games and the teams with the highest implied totals. Um, beyond that, the next layer of it is you're wanting to stack lines and stack power plays um, because you're going to have. So a, you want to get like a center and a winger who are on the same line. A, yeah, right? center yeah. and a winger who are, you know, they may be on the second line, but on the first power play, something like that, um, because that's going to give you more opportunities for um, assists and goals, mm -hmm. you know, from mm -hmm. either side. Um, and the same with power plays, you know, if it's a team that is really hot on power plays and they're, you know, and they're a really good power play team, then you want to try to attack um, their power play players, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's just going to leave you more opportunity um, to to have to kind score. of play with the rest of your lineup. Yeah, right. Exactly. What do you what kind of thought do you put into selecting your goalie? Um, so as far as selecting the goalie. You want a good goalie, and a lot of it is salary-based, you know, see what I have left. Um, but depending on... So you're kind the, of drafting your goalie maybe a little bit later. Yeah, but it also depends on the slate, like you know. Based on your what salary yeah, you have like, left. Yeah, like last Tuesday, you know, the first two games of the season, it was two-game slate, you know. Right, there aren't right. a whole lot of goalies to pick. You know, you get in these seven, nine, ten-game slates mm -hmm. or higher, you know, there's, there's more room. Um, ownership has a lot to do with it too. Um, you know, I look around and I, I mean, I spend a lot of time in a lot of DFS little, ga little game theory. Yeah, exactly. I spend a lot of time in a lot of DFS spaces online throughout the day. Um, so I, I check ownership. I check, you know, <clears throat> if Tampa is going to be the highest owned, you know, team on the if, slate, 80% of the people are drafting Vasilevsky. Yeah. We might not want to draft yeah. Vasilevsky. Yeah, you can at least in all of our lives. Yeah, you can pivot you can pivot off of him, save some salary, get a guy that's still going to have twenty plus saves in a night, you know. And you could save a couple thousand dollars that you can spend elsewhere. And and that's that's what I like to do a lot. All right, I'm gonna dive into some of my basic DK strategy because although Tours is, is, you know, doing very well, he is also I am tied with him in in the standings. I'm also doing rather well in our league. I haven't won any competitions yet, but I'm placing rather high every single time, so doing rather well. Yeah. Here's that, here's how I do it. Here's the first couple things I do. First, I draft a center and a winger. Try to do it on on the same line, or at least get two guys that are on the power play. And I usually pick like I'm I'm usually picking like one centerman who's like my high, one of my high dollar guys. Uh, well, I guess. First off, my first rule that I've used so far this season in drafting DK is if Connor McDavid's playing, I yeah, draft you play him. I do the same. I you, pick you just go okay. ahead and play him. That's just pick Connor McDavid, people. Play yeah. Connor McDavid. He's yeah. going to score. It's consensus. He scores the most points in the NHL every year. And if he's not no on the what. slate and Alex Ovechkin is, you just play Ovechkin. Yep, yeah. exactly. That's You're a probably great not going to have enough salary to play both if they're both on the same slate. So just go ahead and flip a coin. Play one of them though. That's a yep. Because they're going to. Score. I was going to say that's my next th thought is if Alex Ovechkin's in the slate, I'm picking Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, uh, it's just he flat scores out. goals. They're going to end up on the power play, and he's going to score a goal. Yep, flat exactly. out. As good as God's got sandals, he's going to score a goal in a game. So I go centerman winger first mm -hmm. with some maybe some one of my 
a couple of my high dollar guys. Okay, then I draft a goalie next, no matter what. So, and here's my here's my thought process when I'm looking at goalies. I literally always scroll down on goalies to where I'm looking at the lower end of the uh, salary, you know, for starting goalies, yeah, at, at least. And I always look at matchups. I always look at who is this guy playing that night, right? Uh, and where are they playing? That's such a big factor to me, right? Like the other night, I picked uh, John Gibson at for Anaheim because Winnipeg was going to Anaheim, and Winnipeg to Anaheim is a long fucking way, and it's a serious time change. And you know, like Gibson ended up having a fantastic night that night, and uh, Anaheim ends up beating Winnipeg. The other night, and then the other night, I picked Merzlikens to play uh, against, you know, uh, of uh, Christ Arizona. Sorry, uh, again, because Arizona's coming all the way across the country, right? So, and Merzlikens was relatively cheap compared to the other guys. The the other thing though is, I found one of the most basic things is you got to make sure that you're playing a goalie who's gonna play. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Rule one. Rule number well, one. Well, we've we've had some guys who are struggling with this, right? And it's hard. It's it's not easy because sometimes you'll pick a goal if you draft your lineup early in the day. So right? that's a, that's a huge thing that I'll let you finish, but I do want to touch on that. Well, I mean, if you, you can imagine, if you're picking your lineup earlier in the day, and then you find out right, right, like uh, maybe Corpusalo is going to go that night, right? So what I'm always doing all on my browser all day. At all points in time, I bring up Daily Faceoff and I'm checking or DailyFaceoff.com and I'm checking yeah. starting goalies constantly, every day. And yep. even on the DraftKings app, they usually have some pretty good information about who's playing or not. So yeah, yeah, they got to check that stuff, guys. Yeah. You have to be able to if, play if you are playing goalies. any sport on DraftKings. Set your alarm on your phone for 30 minutes before lock. Tell your preacher, tell your wife, tell your mother. I don't care who you have to tell. <laughs> 30 minutes before lock, you are checking your lineups. My old lady is literally, we were Saturday night. We were at a friend's house. Their kid was having a birthday party, so they had all the, the parents and adults come over too. My phone was about to die. It was like 4 o'clock. And so I plugged my phone in, and I told her, I'm like, at 6.30, set an alarm. At 6.30, you tell me. Why? <laughs> NHL locks at seven. That's right. And she just, I thought her head was going to explode. She rolled her eyes so hard at me <laughs> because, because she is just completely, it's every day now and she's not looking for the NBA starts tomorrow. So, oh man, here so we go. now it's, it's every we got MLB, NBA, yeah. NHL and NFL going on at the same time. Constantly. And golf and golf, everything. I mean, she, she's over it, but you just, you have to do that. If you like, Yes, it's, you know, if you're playing in a, in a free league or whatever, blah, 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 you you have to take it seriously. Because if you're yep, not, then yep. it's, then it's. I mean. That's part of the fun, though. Yeah. It's like you, you know? have to take a deep dive into yeah. this, and that's what makes this yeah, don't a lot of fun. Set so. your lineup at 9 a.m. while you're having your morning coffee, and then just forget about it. Absolutely. You know, check it before lock. Make sure that you are playing guys that are actually playing that night. I mean, I can't tell you whether it be season long, DFS, whatever, that we're playing these guys and and a lot. I've I've seen it time and time again. They'll just reserve so that way there's spots in there, and they'll never draft a lineup. 
So then they just score zero for the night. And it's like, set your alarm, please. Like, My next idea or my next thought process in drafting my lineup goes into my defenseman. I pick my defenseman next. And I am always trying to pick offensive defensemen because the scoring in DraftKings favors that. Yeah. I mean, you get points for block shots. You don't really get points taken off when defensemen are on the ice and they get scored on. No, not at all. So don't worry about plus minus when you're picking defensemen. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Throw that stat out That's the window, at least for draft. in DFS. That used to be one of the stats we had to start paying attention to in our fantasy league, mm-hmm. but that's that's no longer there. So, Frank, how, give me some strategy. How are you drafting your basic DK lineups? Yeah, well, uh, you, you two are uh, leading the league after that the is correct. couple of guys. What about bit, maybe some past, showdown? Maybe some showdown strategy. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 but uh, to your point on the defensemen, um, yeah, so when, when I look at defensemen, I look at guys that um, are on the ice constantly because – um, more often than not, defensemen get more time on the ice than, That's true. than the offense, um, uh, than, than the wingers. So guys that are on the ice a lot and, like you said, that aren't afraid to shoot the puck and even bring it inside like a Zach Wierenski or a t- yeah. t- type of player like that. But, uh, but yeah, I think we kind of touched on uh, – So you defensemen, I think we're looking for shots. Yeah. Right? Blocked yeah. shots are great, but, like, I feel like shot attempts – and shots on goal are a big stat that you want to pay attention to mm-hmm. for these defensemen. Absolutely, because so, if you get a defenseman that scores a goal, I mean, you're oh yeah, already that's that's ahead icing of on the, the game, cake. Right? Yeah, that's great. So, take some of this stuff into consideration, boys, when you're drafting your basic DK uh, DK lineups. So, uh, we'll be tweeting out our contests. They're a lot of fun. Get on the DK app, play some NHL contests, even if they're just quarter games, dude. You know, you can throw in twenty five cents, you know, and have some fun playing. It gets us watching hockey more. So. That's now the whole ESPN, point. ESPN, baby. Dude, the coverage of ES, that ESPN's had so far, fantastic. I was nervous about it, dude. You know, like I was skeptical. and But, dude, it's been great. At least having, like, on ESPN Plus, the other night I could turn on, I was flipping back and forth between the Toronto Habs game and the Hawks and somebody else. I forget, but every it was just game. great, dude. Yeah. It was, it's been so great. Well done, ESPN. Hats off to ESPN so far, so um, – Looking forward to seeing what they can do the rest of the season. And they've had some really cool shit, too, dude. They've had, like, uh, the opening night game. They had Tampa versus Pittsburgh. <laughs> they had, uh, like, a, a headphone and a mic on Pat Maroon. And oh. they were interviewing him as he was warming up. Did you see that? I, I didn't like, he that had, it like, a, you know, like a... Yeah, in his like ear. Like an ear. Yeah. In, like an ear he was up, just like, skating yeah. around. Yeah, they had him mic'd up. But he was skating around, like, shooting and stuff. But he could... Yeah. Talk to the guys that were interviewing him. It was the coolest thing, dude. Yeah, they need it was to, awesome. They need to do that for fucking every game, dude. Yeah. Like, I've that'd seen be a couple sweet. other things too. To your point, just like I, I don't know if it was opening night or um, one of the earlier games, but like someone took a slap shot. I can't remember what game it was, but they showed like right after like how fast the slap shot was. Oh, yeah. yeah, and just yeah. like you know, oh, little yeah. things they're like doing that. Great. Yeah, well done, well done. Last segment here, real quick, boys. I've started a new segment. Uh, this one's going to be called. Get rid of Mr. Locon's raging CBJ boner because right now I think it's apparent I have but a raging why? CBJ boner. I'm very optimistic. He's and in the maybe wrong crowd. So. But let me just pump me back, pump the brakes off of me a little bit, man. Tell me why I need to kind of like come back to reality and realize that this team may not be mm-hmm. the best team in the NHL right now. I, I need we need to okay. you well, know take our take my uh, expectations down a little bit. Well, but. so you and I. As soon as the schedules came out, you and I were already kind of analyzing, okay, what do we got to start off? And 
as soon as the schedule, you know, we have Arizona and Seattle. Um, and you and I both were like, these are winnable games. Yep. These are games that we might even be favored in, which um, Seattle was like a toss-up, but we were favored against Arizona. Um, so these, I mean, these are, no game is easy, but it was a great, uh, we, we could have started out a, a lot harder with harder teams. So All Right, so you're, um, you're saying like we played Arizona, they suck, and we played Seattle, who's a brand new fucking team. Right. So let's pump the brakes a little bit, Mr. Lokan. Yeah, well, because I mean, for example, I mean, the, the starter um, in, in, the, in the Arizona game was 1-10 last season. Yeah. Um, you know, Seattle's a new team. We put eight goals on him, dude. Like, there's, that's, it's pretty obvious that he was fucking terrible yeah. that night. And, um, you know, Seattle, that was their third game in five days, I think. So Yeah, and coming all the way from yeah. Seattle. They, who, who did, you said they had Vegas. So they had Vegas, Nashville, and then and Columbus. Then Columbus. And then I think they even went on and they played Philadelphia. They, tonight uh, they do. Oh, they play Philadelphia tonight. tonight. Yeah, they've got a rough, yeah, it's rough a, start it's a rough to their start. season, man. That's tough to do. So, um, so yeah, I can, see, I can see how that makes sense. Yeah, you know, but it, let's not take too much away. The, uh, the Blue Jackets did what they had to do, and they look solid. There's some things to clean up, but it's a long season, so we'll just kind of. Yeah. See how it goes. Yeah, all right. Okay, makes sense. Tour, tell me why I need to get rid of my raging CBJ boner. I am going to do the opposite of that. The gas, we are pumping the gas. We're going to win the cup, baby. We're going to keep going. All right, I love it. Let's go. We're going to keep this uh, keep this segment going. So hopefully, uh, you know, the times that we're struggling, we're going to introduce this segment as give Mr. Locon a raging CBJ boner so we can try to get back onto the wagon of feeling positive about ourselves. So... We'll try it out, see how it goes. Uh, that's all I had for the slate tonight, boys. Anything else? I loved it. We're back, baby. couple yep. games tonight. Uh, jackets are off, but we got Seattle at Philadelphia and a couple other games. Uh, I think St. Louis plays the late game tonight, so yeah. check Toronto, in on New ESPN. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking forward to this week, boys. Some big week of hockey. Again, we got Detroit, the Islanders, and the Hurricanes. We'll probably come back at you next week, recapping all three of these games. Yeah. Until then, everybody, we'll see you next time. Later, guys. Peace.